Welcome back, everyone, to episode 19. Hello. Of Getting Sixes. My name is Felix. I'm your host. My name I'm, is Carlota. I was about to introduce you, but all right, Sorry. jump the gun there. No worries. Um, yeah. So this is a this is a new co-host I have. Her name is Carlota. She has just joined Uva Radio. She passed the the selection process for the board. It was very rigorous. It was very hard. It? Yeah. We had a training weekend where all these candidates, hundreds of them. Um, we took them to the woods in, uh, in Hungary. Had to fight for it. Yeah, and we had bears, uh, black bears. So the main thing was like all of them were put in a big pit. You know, like in Attack of the Clones, where um, the main one, where they have to the fight. Main one. Yeah, you were there. You know, it was the, um, they have to fight the three big monsters Obi Wan Kenobi, Anakin Skywalker, and Padme. They have to fight for their lives, and the Jedi's fly in. And then all of the big flying insect things and the droids are fighting the clones and Mace Windu comes and he's like... Right. Then Yoda's there. It was a bit like that, but obviously like podcasts, you know? So we did that over the summer. <laughs> and, and and now we have Carlotta like as, as our secretary. Because um, Timon is currently away in Southeast Asia. Traveling. He's spreading Uv radio stickers all around. He's doing a good job there. But yeah, how was your summer, Carlotta? It was great. I mean, I spent it with you, so you should know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had a couple of weeks. We were in... You want to talk about where we were in summer? In Portugal. In Portugal. Yeah. Specifically. We went to Lisbon for a week. Yeah. What did you think of Lisbon overall? I mean, it's like the fourth time that I've been there. Mm-hmm. I love it. I really love Lisbon. But at some point, you run out of things to do. I don't know, because like, I feel like every time I go to a city like Berlin, for example, mm-hmm. I enjoy it more and more. I've never been to Berlin, so I cannot. Yeah, I've been to Berlin. Yeah, I don't, I don't oh, have an opinion on that. Oh, we should go this year. It's scandalous. Yeah, I know, right? It's really nice. It's a bit like Amsterdam, but just a lot bigger and then more grimy. You know, Amsterdam, they've kind of, they've still retained that very Dutch sense of sensibility and like prettiness and, you know, we're a really Dutch city. So you're saying like Berlin is more raw? Berlin's very raw and also they have their own identity, which is separate from the rest of Germany. Because the, ah, Berlin itself has had such a separate history right. over the last hundred years. Whereas Amsterdam is like, yeah, you know, it's the metropolitan kind of capital of but the country. But it's still very much the Netherlands. It's very Dutch, very kind of nice and, you know, along a certain aesthetic and, yeah. you know, all of that. Um, you see, but that's what happens with Lisbon as well. It's like a beautiful city, it's very Portuguese and all that. But after a few days... I sort of run out of things to do. Maybe that's because I don't know anyone there. Mm. So if I had a local showing me around, then I'd see really amazing places. But I mean, Sophia took me, you know, my, uh, our friend Sophia. She took, she took us to um, an illegal Chinese restaurant. Did you go there in the end? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I went there. there. And it was amazing. We should you know, have come with was really you, good, yeah. But, you know, it was like a pretty dirty place. Um, Were you still smoking cigarettes inside? Yeah, yeah you can smoke right. cigarettes, you can smoke joints, you could do anything you wanted inside. There was mm. no, you know, Where do you think they would draw the line there? At like cocaine. <laughs> no, because it's all decriminalized. It's Portugal, isn't it? Yeah, no, it is. You could yeah, probably yeah, yeah. whip out well, a crack pipe. Decriminalized, there. but they force you to attend, I think, like um, drug addict meetings. So mm. if you're caught with uh, some drugs, you'll have to go f- to meetings and, you know, try to get rid of your problems with drugs and stuff like that. These fucking dickheads yeah, no, walking right? in there telling me what to do. Exactly. If I want to do crack three times a week, I'm going to do that, man. <laughs> it's my life. But yeah, so we were in Lisbon. I didn't like it that much, honestly. You didn't? Nah. Was it your first I'd heard, time? Yeah, it was my first time there. And I'd heard so much about it as being like this mad city that was like super cheap, super crazy. So it was hyped up for you. It was hyped up massively. And everybody told me like, you're going to fucking love it. You're going to fucking love it. So your kind of city. Like Sasha and Sophia were like, oh my God, you're going to fucking love it. Man. And I was like, whoa. And I'd get there and I was expecting it to be like Mind Asian. Blowing. Yeah, Asian level prices as well. And it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, okay, you cannot expect that. It's, like, it's the capital city of a European country. Nah, but if you go to go to Sarajevo, yeah, that's okay. cheap, man. Yeah, that's okay, like yeah. two euros for a cocktail, the equivalent of two euros for cocktail everywhere you go. But still, compared to Amsterdam, yeah. I also just didn't find it like that interesting, that pretty, that kind of. I couldn't like pinpoint a certain identity of the city very clearly, and I like huh. that's something that I like doing when I'm in a city is like understanding what this place is about, right, and getting a feel for it. Whereas there, it was like, there was so much attention on being a tourist. And I felt like always like I was a tourist. You can't really get lost in it in any way. But something special about Lisbon maybe is, you know, it has that like rundown aesthetic, you know? Yeah. All the buildings look sort of um, imperial and really uh, nice and stuff, but they're also all falling apart. Mm. But you get that with places like in most Mediterranean cities. I feel like you get that. Okay, maybe. 
In Athens, you get that a lot. In the Rome, difference in Rome, you get that. Lisbon is colorful. Yeah. And other cities, other Mediterranean cities, don't have that. True. I thought Porto was way better. To be fair, I haven't been to Porto. Porto was sick. Man. You were there for like a day. Yeah, but it was, no, no, not it even. Was you were there so for like six nice. hours. Like maybe not twenty four hours. Oh, okay. Twenty four hours, yeah. yeah. But it was um the place we were staying at was the nicest hostel in the whole city, and it was on the river. So the 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 river in Porto it runs through it and it bisects the city. So both sides of it run down like this, and there's like terraces building up. Like a proper hill with like the whole city just like this. Into you like, know people can't see you do that. Right? Yeah, okay. Well, I'm making like a V, <laughs> V pattern with my hands. Yeah, leading down into the into the river, and then connecting both sides of it. There's this huge steel bridge, like, bah, like amazing huge structure. That's not how I imagined Porto at all. It was stunning, yeah. But our hostel was like on one side of the river on the riverfront, and it had the most insane view of the fucking bridge and the thing. And me, Chris, and Jamie just came out like really hungover. Well, you were there with Chris and Jamie? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we okay. went straight from Waking Life. So that was the other thing we did. We went to this festival yeah. called Waking Life. Which was amazing. It was pretty nice, wasn't it? I have to say, Felix did a better better job at enjoying the festival than I did. I don't know. I mean, I went to more of the workshop things that they had. Exactly. You did stuff <clears> during the day. During the day, I was basically a zombie just wandering around the lake trying to fight shade the funnest in one of the thing, three the, trees in the whole lake. The funnest thing I did for the whole during the day for the whole festival was steal David's car, though. David's that was so funny. <laughs> he, he, was, he was actually really mad about that. He was really, really pissed so off. This was this was our friend David, who um, who I'd only just met actually, and two of his other best friends were there. Yeah, at that point, not really a friend, right? More of an acquaintance. Oh, no friends. We, was, we were. Uh, you we literally were had just met him. He's just moved into my place. Yeah, I know. So you know, and that that didn't just happen. That was based out of this this passionate friendship erupted out of waking life yeah you know? sure you know, drugs helped that along but it was it was genuine still but this was like the third day i'd known this guy and i wake up and two of his best friends massey another guy called max um were really pissed off at david because david had said to them you can't borrow my mom's car to go to the supermarket and to go to burger king and they were sitting there and david had gone to the lake and they were just like, what the fuck, man? What the fuck? He's like our best friend. He doesn't trust us to take his car. What the fuck, man? And they were like just working themselves up over the course of three hours. Like so angry. And I, I like, they were both saying the whole time, like, nah, we can't, we can't just take his car. So how did you end up? So I was just sitting there playing cards with them. Me and Chris were just like, just chilling with them, listening to this discussion going on. And it was so funny because of how annoyed they both were. It's like it's a pretty legitimate thing to just say to your friends like, nah, like I'm gonna go it's to the lake. It's my mom's car. It's my it's my mom's car. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go to the lake. I don't feel like going BK. Like no. Fuck you guys. It's yeah, not gonna it. happen. But the you know how like Massey is yeah, like yeah, proper yeah, indignant. Yeah. Like we'll get so uh, like so pissed off about anything. And they were just working each other up, working each other up. And me and Chris are just cracking up. Jamie's there like five feet away sleeping. Yeah. And then at one point, Max just looks at, looks at all of us. He's just like, fuck it. Fuck it. We're doing it. We're doing it. We're taking the car. And then Massey's like, yes, let's do it. Because Massey couldn't drive. So yeah. Max stands up. He's like, I'm fucking doing it. So he was taking most of the risk. And this is the thing as well, is that if if it was crashed, just however, that's it would be on, on, terrible. On, on his mom, right? It would be on his mom. There's yeah. no way of getting insurance yeah, on no, that. No, no, no. It's just fucked, you know? Basically, he has shit friends, including you. Nah, because this wasn't my decision. Oh, right. Okay. Like, they stood up and they were like, we're doing it. And I, me and Chris were like, do you want to go Burger King? And he's like, fucking 100% I want to go Burger King. And we were like, okay, let's we go Burger King. We have to say King. that this festival was uh, vegetarian and Felix is yeah. not a vegetarian. Or so. vegetarian, but not even just that. It's just like the idea of sitting in an air-conditioned restaurant <laughs> for like an hour. Yeah, it was also really hot. So yeah. Yes, that was just, attractive. It was like with like a nice fucking iced Coke or like huge meal for like nine pound lovely you know but the funny thing was we went up to jamie and jamie was just passed out and i remember i just kicked him in the head and i was like jamie we're going burger king he's like oh, oh, okay <laughs> and then and then me chris and jamie were in the back and the whole way we were driving there the whole situation was so funny because we were all just like fuck you know we've just stolen someone's car literally but stolen the someone's best part car. is that when we got back like we had all the drinks all the food all the ice everything like, I remember I walked into the camp and everyone was there and it was a bit tense, you know? Yeah, it was. It was a little I, bit I tense. I was there. I was there. I saw you guys arrive. It was, it was like, horrible. I, I arrived a bit after everyone, though, because I was, like, getting water or something. 
And I walk into the thing. I was like, you all right, everyone? I got ice. <laughs> I remember like Sasha and other people looked at me like, this bastard. <laughs> yeah. And I was so tired. And I was just, I'm going to go lie down like somewhere else. And I remember like lying down five meters away and just sitting up for a second as I was falling asleep. And I just saw like Massey there rolling a joint with his sunglasses on, screaming at David like, man, we have to steal it. Like, <laughs> it wasn't fair, man. You wouldn't need him. Let's take it, man. Like, <laughs> and he's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know it was a bad decision, but we had to. <laughs> yeah, no, I, can, I can imagine him saying but those then things. The funniest definitely. part was Jamie comes up to me like an hour later and he's like, oh, well, we're not allowed to take the car. <laughs> Suddenly he finds himself in a car yeah, yeah, wondering yeah. where they're and going. He's like, I guess we're going Burger King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Yeah, it was a good festival. They also had um all of these workshop things during the day. So one of the the tents, they had like three that were music, one that was there was kind of two in that workshop area, wasn't there? But I think one of them focused on I don't know which one you mean. You know where the talks were? There were a lot of places where talks were. There was always one tent which had yoga, meditation, okay, I think talks, I know which one performances. Yeah, that yeah. was where it always was. Um, so throughout the whole weekend, the whole five days, there was you know meditation every single morning, yoga just after that, and then workshops about like journalism and like mental health and sustainability and. There yeah, was, politics, art, yeah, yeah every, Loads every of topic. Fucking yeah. cool shit. And then evening like performances, abstract art. I think on the second day they had uh what was it? The nonverbal speed dating. Oh yeah, yeah. Wait, did you do that? I didn't do that, no, oh, but that, I should that, have done that. that. Been cool. But you did a speed dating. I did blind date, blind. which was not speed dating. So I, I went to that thinking that it was speed dating. Yeah. And I I think this was a Saturday night, so I was pretty dead. You know, because yeah, it was Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, douche, douche, douche. And then Saturday, I was just like, okay, no, I'm going to take it easy tonight. You know, tonight's the easy one. And then there were all these like really hot French girls who were like, oh, are you coming out tonight? Are you coming out tonight? And I was like, fuck, fuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> woo! Wait for me. <laughs> yeah, let me just down this whole bottle of rum against my own will. Yeah, woo. Yeah, and then I got to the to the tent, to like the techno. And it was do, 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 the techno do, do, the, the techno stage. Okay. You know, and I just I just couldn't handle it. I was like, nah, I'm not having a good time. I've got a headache. I feel ill. So you left. I was like, everyone, I'm going back home. And they were like, okay, bye bye. And as I'm walking back, I see outside the um the like the workshop tent, it says blind date, two AM and I was like, it's like fucking That was at two AM? It was at two AM. Yeah. So I was like, perfect. That's, Saturday that's exactly night. the right time to have blind dating. Everyone by at that point must be Exactly. Yeah. On the second last night at two AM, everyone's like hedging their bets. They're like, oh, okay, no, nah, no, nah, this this is it. I wanna go to the blind date. <laughs> I was expecting some nice desperate chicks there, like, okay, I'm just gonna have a nice chilled out conversation, have some glasses of water. <laughs> That's just take water. it take it nice and easy hydrate and i walk in there and i was like and there was just 20 people all sitting down on like the carpet but like not in any kind of structured so way it's not one-on-one no it was just oh. everyone was kind of just sitting randomly around and i was like i was like what's this and they were like oh it's the blind date and i was like yeah she's it like yeah it doesn't look like it she's like yeah the performance starts in five minutes oh so it's a performance yeah and then i was just i was just like okay i guess i'll check this out and then the DJ starts playing this like really weird psytrance music. Like just fucking I was like, I was a bit skitzed out. And then I look to the side of the room and there's this fucking this couple who are whipping on latex masks, fixing head torches to their head. And we're all just looking at them. And I wasn't sure what they were doing. And then I realized like when they kissed each other and they fell onto the ground and started crawling inside that this was the performance. So, okay, so when you saw them, you had no idea what was going on. No, no clue. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. I was just there like, okay, this is this is fucking weird now. And they come in and they're like still crawling and they start crawling up the walls and they're like still play fighting but kissing each other but not. And then just pushing each other to the ground and one of the girls like comes to me and falls on top of me while I'm just sitting there. So you were chosen. I was chosen, yeah. I was the first one. And she puts her hand like up against mine like um like that moment 
in fucking E.T., yeah? <laughs> yeah? But, like, with the whole hand, you know? Right. It was just like that. And yeah. I was just like, oh, my God, I've just, this is it. I've just touched, you know. The latex person. The next the next life. Like, this is, <laughs> this is me. But, yeah. So that was fun. And that was, like, a very individual experience that was just really kind of spiritual. And I can't even describe it properly in words. But I think when we go back next year... Uh, yeah, I want to do those. I want to do that that shit. I want to do all the day stuff. I want to do more of that than dancing. Yeah, exactly. Enough of partying. We've partied yeah. enough. Exactly. I want to do. We're over that lifestyle. Productive now. stuff. Mm. Let's go to some talks. Get some of those herbal drugs, whatever they are. Herbal medicine, that was lit. That's was a quick, it? quick. I wouldn't know. Quick shout out on the last day I went out to go see this um this natural pharmacology professor, who told us all about natural herbs you can do, and there's this one called so everyone knows mistletoe. That's where you like kiss at Christmas. Know. Oh yeah, mistletoe. It's more of like an American tradition. Yeah, no. Yeah. But if you get that, as you can get it as like a powdered herb, and if you mix two teaspoons of that with room temperature water, let it brew for twelve hours, and then drink it right before bed, you have hallucinogenic dreams. Where what? They, yeah, where where they turn into two hour long episodes. So I normally, have never in my whole life heard anything about this. Yeah, it's mad. So you're mistletoe. Mistletoe, yeah. Oh, my God. So your dreams go from... You know, you normally when you have dreams, they're kind of just like a mishmash of loads of random shit. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it goes from that to being like very succinct, like boof, 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 blocks. Where would one get some mistletoe? You can buy it in any kind of herb store. Holland and Barrett, you can buy it. I bought some the other day. I'm yet to try it out. Really? But I really want to do it. Because he says like it just... It makes you learn a lot about yourself. Let me know when you do and it. And you can have a spiritual... You can, we can maybe do it sometime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm interested. Yeah, it'd be fun. But yeah, that was a good one. Um, so after the festival, came back here. We're doing Uber Radio shit. Then I joined. She's been uh, the secretary. For just a couple of weeks. Taking taking notes. Making <laughs> minutes. That's all there's, even, there's even rumors of a party. We're going to be throwing. Yeah, that is true. The Uber Radio. What are we going to call it? Name of the party? Yeah. Huh. I don't know. Do you have any ideas? I was thinking when it was going to be sexy land, we call it Uber Radio Land. Uber Radio Land? Uber Radio Land, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not too sure about that. If it was sexy land, that's a very good name. That's a good thing about sexy land, you can just put land at the end. What's so Uber Radio Land at sexy land? You can do Uber Radio Land at OT301. Well, let's not, let's not disclose any details of the... Oh, yeah, yeah the venue, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, don't, we, don't, that, we don't really know. We don't really know. Rumor, we don't know where yeah, it's yeah. going to... Yeah. We're going to get some bands. We have no idea yet. Get some DJs who are yet to be named. Yeah, Exclusive. I don't think we can also. I don't think we can. We're, we're we can getting, talk we're about that some, either. We're getting some international DJs in. Oh really? From Manchester, yeah. Oh right, that guy. You know that guy. I I know that guy. Do you remember the guy who vomited in the cab? I know that guy. Is that guy? <laughs> <laughs> I really do know he that now, guy. <laughs> Adam, Adam, he now takes his DJing oh, very, very seriously. He's the one. Yeah, yeah. Ah. Yeah. Oh. yeah, I'm still friends with him. <laughs> <laughs> That was fucking, that was three years ago, you know? No, it was... Three years ago, a friend of Felix gets into a cab that we ordered, not a cab, an Uber that we ordered. I think one of us were, was paying for it. No, he wasn't even paying for I it. I think you were paying for it. Yeah, I think I was paying for it. And then literally, literally, 20 seconds later, he didn't even get to the end of the street. He was kicked out of the cab because he was, you know, throwing up. And I think we had to order another Uber or something. Absolute nightmare, yeah. 20 seconds, that's how much he lasted. That was like a that. good borrow. Yeah, that was, good borrow. yeah. that was fun. That was fun. Yeah, I remember that borrow as well because um, Adam was fucked and Roman had just left that day. So Roman couldn't come to the borrow. But my friends were there were Adam, Pasquale and Oscar. Yeah. And Adam was by far the most drunk. Yeah. And Adam goes up. Adam's the cab one. Adam's the cab one. Yeah, the yeah. DJ. Crushed and yeah, spilled. Yeah. So he's going to, he's maybe my headline at the, at the event. But um, he was, he was shit faced. And he goes up to Blanca, who's my ex-girlfriend, and goes up to her and just says, Oh, Blanca, you know, you're actually pretty cool. You're actually pretty, pretty nice. I don't know why Roman said you were such a massive bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and Roman's my best mate. And they've Did always... Roman say that though? No, he didn't. He didn't at all. But then Blanca looks at me and she's like, I knew Freaking it. Roman. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I knew he hated me. I knew it. And I was just like, he doesn't fucking hate you. Like, just leave it. Like... <laughs> I can't believe he said and that. And Blanca didn't let it go for like a solid week. Just yeah, like, no, I can imagine. Just like, just like, I, I knew it. Roman hates me. Roman, Roman, see, no, but Adam said it. Adam, Adam said it. Adam, I got proof. Adam said it. Adam said it. I was just like, Adam, fuck your shit face. 
But yeah, uh, that, that was a good time. But yeah, other shit that's been going on. So we had a uh, radio business. But now my mind's been a bit more occupied. With what? On all this Brexit nonsense. Right. So we had, uh, this was actually very recent on Sunday. So now we've had um, the the law that was passed last week, which basically made it illegal for Boris Johnson to take the to take the UK out of the EU on the 31st of October with a no-deal Brexit. So he has to get a deal approved by Parliament and he's going to go to the EU um, and speak to the EU Council on the 13th of October, so in like a month. And he's saying, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get a new deal, I'm going to get all this. When we know for sure that the EU is not going to budge in any of their provisions of their deal. So he's going to come back with the exact same deal. Parliament's going to say no. This is my predictions, you know, but I think mm-hmm. these are pretty fair predictions to make. The EU have said, I think Jean-Claude Juncker and um, the main Brexit negotiator, I can't remember his name right now, <coughs> have said this is just not going to happen. We're not going to change our policy. Yeah. So there's no reason to think that Parliament will vote in favour now for a for this deal when it's basically the same as the one which they Disney, voted against yeah. like five times under May. So then we're going to have a situation which is really interesting because now Parliament have basically said to him, like, you can't fucking take us out on the 31st. That's illegal. But him and his government... Assuming, of course, that he doesn't get a deal. Assuming he doesn't get, assuming he doesn't get a better deal and that same deal isn't voted upon by Parliament, he's still saying in his cabinet and this guy, Sajid Javid, Javid Sajid, whatever his fucking name was, he was on Good Morning Britain last week, yeah, mm-hmm. right after the vote, the day after, he's there, like, oh, this changes nothing. It's like, bruv. But what do you mean it changes bruv, nothing? This changes everything. You can't <laughs> do it. You, your, your whole battle plan is changed. No, he's basically saying he doesn't care whether there's exactly. a new law enacted or not. He doesn't care if, if this is, like, illegal, you know? But, okay, right, so what are the options then? So now, what should happen at that moment, Yeah. So what this law has put into place is that they haven't said that a no-deal Brexit is completely illegal. Also, that's very difficult to do because it's like, it's it's such a, like a sweeping measure. But what they can do is say that, okay, on the 31st, it's illegal. Right now, it's hmm. illegal. Right, yeah. <clears throat> to say a no-deal Brexit is illegal is like, that's like forever. You know, you have to put some limits on that. So they just wanted to do it for the 31st. So... Under the provisions of this new piece of legislation, he has to go to the EU if Parliament rejects it and ask for an extension. Right, yeah. So basically, if he doesn't manage to get a deal before the 31st, yeah, he has to ask for, um, what's it called that, when you make it longer? An extension. Right, that's extension, the Extension, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which would the EU grant? I guess, yes. They definitely would. Yes. They definitely yeah. would. I mean, Isn't the EU, like, the EU really... They really want us to stay, so what which is, is nice. What you know? is they're, they're like a supportive mother. Yeah, they well, just, they just want us to be here, you know? I also think it's just, I just want in their to, interest. I, I don't just think want they, you to come home, boy. <laughs> I don't think they really care. This is the first time that a country is leaving the EU, so they need to make... Um, you know, they need to make it hard to leave the EU and they need to make it a very unattractive yeah. uh, solution for anyone that might be thinking about the same thing. And we know that there are other countries thinking about those things oh, because we've yeah. seen... It's also, it's. I think it's beyond that, like how it works out. It's just something that this whole thing is all about commitment and about yeah. us staying together. This exactly. isn't something which shrinks. This is something which grows and grows and grows and grows. It shrinking undermines the whole like idea of it. So I think they're principally against us leaving, but they've never really said that because that undermines their negotiating power. Um, but yeah, so Boris Johnson and Sajid Javid, who's a fucking bastard, who I just found out is like the the leader of the anti-BDS boycott, divest, and sanction Israel movement in England. He was so under the so anti-BDS. Anti-BDS. Right, right, right. Yeah. So he was um the secretary of communities. Or hold on, I've got it on my laptop. Jamie, can you can you bring that up? Bring it up. Have you seen the Joe Rogan podcast? The what podcast? The Joe Rogan podcast. I don't know who Joe Rogan is. You don't know Joe Rogan? No. He's like the most famous podcaster in the world. Oh really? And he idea. also does UFC commentating. What's UFC? <coughs> Ultimate Fighting Championship. Oh, right, yeah. yeah. I think you've mentioned this before. But he always, like, he does podcasts and he's one of the people who, like, made it very big. And his ones get, like, millions of views and he gets, like, really massive guests on. 
and he'll always just be like, Jamie, can you can you get that up? Can you get be like, can you have, have you got that study of uh, those aliens that you know abducted all those dogs? Can you can you bring that up? Can you bring that up? And Jamie's out, and it's on the screen immediately. We so don't have a Jamie. Though. We don't have a Jamie. No, so I've just got I've got my laptop. But yeah, he was um, secretary of culture, mm-hmm. and then he was um, community secretary in following years. But what does he do now? Now he's in the cabinet. He's the Brexit secretary, I think. Right, so I'm guessing he's in charge of dealing with Brexit from the... Yeah, and that's why he went on Good Morning Britain. He was like, this changes nothing. This changes nothing. Which obviously it does. Your your old strategy is now illegal. What do you mean this changes nothing? But yeah, this is a side note. He said... um, But let's see, right, so everything here depends on whether they're going to get a deal. So why do you think they're not going to get a deal? I also don't think they're going to get a deal. Why do I think that... Parliament will downvote his deal. No, why? Why um, Johnson or, or the whole administration will never strike a deal with the EU, which is basically well, no, they they will strike a deal, but they've said multiple times like, we've given you this deal. This is the deal you're getting, and all in all, this is actually a pretty fucking good deal. But it has the Irish backstop. Problem. It has the Irish backstop thing, but this is the thing: is like they want to keep England. It was very very smart negotiating and positioning from the EU right here because they basically said to us like oh yeah you can leave but obviously you know we support Ireland yeah we support making this border always soft which is like integral for peace in Ireland so that's a completely fair thing to do it's solidarity with Ireland that was like the main thing which the Irish delegation always said is like we have to have this soft border but also makes leaving the EU a sort of loose loose situation for the United Kingdom yeah and they've also and they it has to be a soft border so then (coughs) the fact that we remain in the customs union, like, that's not a bad thing. It is a bad thing if you leave the EU in every other sense because that means that you cannot control policy, you basically have no say in it, but you're sort of a recipient of it. Yeah, and you're sort of stuck there. Yeah, you're stuck there. But in my mind, it's like, okay, but the customs union is the best thing about the EU. Yeah. That's that's my mind as as a remainer, you know? So that's that's different, I suppose. But... um, yeah, I mean, then they're, they're never going to get a deal because they're going to get the same deal as we've had for the past year. And then Parliament are going to have the same policy, which does make sense of like, we don't want to be in a customs union, which we can't control in any way whatsoever. And indefinitely a part of this. It just doesn't, it doesn't solve anything. It just kicks the problem down the road. <coughs> so basically we're assuming that there's not going to be a deal. So we're going to get to the 31st of October and we're going to be faced with um, a situation where Boris Johnson has to decide between three options, right? He has to he has to go to an extension. So he's been mandated by this piece of legislation. You have to go, you have to write a letter to the EU mm-hmm. asking for an extension. And it even says in this legislation, like very carefully how the letter has to be written. But one of the... Um, but he's been saying that no matter what happens on the 31st, they will be out of the EU. That's the thing. Even if is it's that without a deal. He's, he's saying this, like that's his negotiating position yeah i guess he has to say that yeah but he knows like things have changed now but there's a few ways if you can do this and this was a really good tldr news video that i just i watched a couple of days ago um so in the fact that he has to send a letter what he can do yeah and this is something some like i think sajid javid might have been alluring to because in this interview he was like oh there are ways there are ways we can still do this and it's like what the fuck Which are, ways? Yeah, what, what does are that you mean? talking about yeah. you evil fucking pirate like what the fuck is your problem man basically You're he's in just saying we're country. gonna be sneaky about this yeah right? we're gonna fuck everyone over how yeah. about that ah uh, so they can like they can send a letter yeah saying oh um we want to we want an extension and then they can send another letter saying oh don't mind that last letter <laughs> that was all a joke <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of the ideas that people have floated. But and two it, of, actually, I'm going to be honest. It would not surprise me if Boris if, if Boris Johnson did something like yeah. that. But the thing is, two of the um, two of the top judges in our Supreme Court have already said this is totally unlawful because um, <laughs> okay, this is just as unlawful as not sending a letter in the first place yeah. because the whole point of the provision, it's about um. I can't remember like the technical legal term for it, but it's like basically if you go against the intent of something knowingly, then you are breaking the law as well yeah, yeah. because you're effectively breaking the law. Yeah. You can't just like do some bullshit loophole like that because then it means that the first letter that you sent wasn't truthful. You might as well have thrown that in the bin. 
Yeah, no, it makes sense. Makes perfect sense, yeah. Because it negates the first one. Um, Something as well that he could do, which he's been considering, is declaring a national emergency. Uh, Trump style. Yeah. Okay. And And what would that entail? So that would be he can basically like fuck off parliament. He can ignore any legislation. That was what happened in World War Two, when uh, Winston Churchill was like national emergency. He can centralize all of the power mm. for a certain amount of time, and that was in the Civil Contingencies Act two thousand and four. Gave him the powers of this, um, but that's probably not going to happen because this is not a national emergency. It's not a matter of security. This is but just this is a political. It wouldn't emergency. be unprecedented. It wouldn't be unprecedented. It has been done before. It happened last time in World War Two when we were under attack from the Nazis. Yeah, well, I so mean, that's quite different. Elsewhere now, in the world as well. Now we're trying to like now the Germans are good, <laughs> and we're trying to get away from them. It's very different. Yeah. Wait. So if he declares a national emergency, then he just goes ahead with a no Brexit. Yeah, deal. then he can do whatever the fuck he wants. No deal. Yeah, Brexit. literally. Um, another thing that he can do um, is when he asks for the deadline extension, he can send somebody else. So he can stop being prime minister for the day and then send somebody else in his shoes. Because his whole concern right now is that if all of this kind of happens in the most likely course of events from now until the end of October, what's really going to happen is that EU, same deal, same deal gets voted down in Parliament. He has to ask for a deadline extension and then he has to call a general election because he doesn't have a majority and like we have to come to some kind of new consensus. And then when that will happen, you're going to have the Brexit party with Nigel Farage and they're going to take all of his votes because his credentials right. as a hardline Brexiteer are now totally undermined. No, and people will be unhappy with yeah. how he's dealt with it because exactly. he hasn't got a deal. And this will be like mid, late November. Mm-hmm. But this is what I want to talk about with the Lib Dems and why their policy now is so interesting is because... They've made it all about Brexit, right? Yeah, yeah. They've, exop- they've adopted a stop Brexit policy. Which, to be honest, is the only uh, alternative in the UK because Labour Party hasn't been that explicitly against Brexit, right? I would say. No. Only lately they've said that they're against it, but in, the, in the past few years... They don't say they're against it. They've never... This is, this is why I will always, always have someone against Corbyn, is that when Brexit first happened, he did not campaign against it. No, not at all. He, and he, he basically didn't say anything about he it. He said, fuck all. And yeah. I honestly think that if he'd campaigned as hard as Cameron, if he'd campaigned with Cameron and just been there like, yo, this is not a party issue. This is like a massive fucking huge thing which has to happen. We have to remain. If he'd been there like gathering Labour voters, because so many Labour voters voted for Brexit because they viewed it as a Tory infighting battle, you know? they The main voice they saw against, um, or sorry, for Remain, was David Cameron. Who's, yeah, not, who's not exactly... Who's the devil, who's the fucking, yeah. to the average Labour voter. And who North. also basically caused the Brexit problem with his of course, austerity yeah. policies. With, um, with getting it also with, uh, with saying that we're going to do this in the first place. But at least once he did it, he was like, okay, no, we need to remain. And he campaigned like, work. fuck for that. But this is the thing, is that, it's the, I honestly think that when Corbyn, he's always been a Eurosceptic. He's yes. always, but he's like, okay, you know, we should stay. But I honestly think that he wanted power so much. And I do respect his policies. He's a very left-wing guy. He's the most left-wing guy in Parliament. No, and being Eurosceptic is legitimate. I mean, we had this discussion before as well in the pub a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's not. Being Eurosceptic, like being actually, like questioning the entire European project that's not legitimate no, that's, yeah. that's ridiculous yeah, that's exactly. like you don't know enough about politics if 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 you're saying well, that openly okay fine i think so i think to like say oh i don't i think we should get rid of the eu is like a you might have an issue with how the eu works specifically, yeah you might want to change, so change that but it yeah i think it's a pretty weird uh thing to say that you think that the eu brings nothing but problems yeah and to yeah. say that we need to get rid of it mm-hmm. or we need to leave it as an individual country is ridiculous um, but yeah, so he's always been kind of, oh, I don't mind. And then I really think that he kind of just let all that he's been letting this happen because he's viewed this as an opportunity for Labour to get power, for himself to get power. What, leading the, the, the leave sort of, uh, Yeah, just like, because, because he, he could probably, he's, he could see that this was going to cause such infighting and such nonsense within in the, the Tory party. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, then we can come in and, you know, right, take so power. So when the other party is completely damaged and cannot recover yeah, from all the failures... Yeah. They can step in and say, okay, now we're going to do this. Mm. 
and we're going to manage Brexit how it should have been managed. And we're going to do something different. But this, the, um, the British policy, the Labour policy right now towards Brexit is saying, okay, we're going to do a second referendum. And so many of my friends in England have been saying like, yeah, this is the good thing to do. This is the right thing to do. But it's not because the framing of this proposition is to say, okay, if we get into power, we'll have a second vote. Firstly, that makes it out as if the first vote was legitimate, as if this was ever a question that should have been put to the people. Yeah, but see, you cannot claim that it wasn't. I, I completely can. I think this was something which never should have happened. This is not like a referendum kind of issue. There are very few issues in politics which should go to a popular referendum. This is why we have politicians, is to make is so they can make See, the decisions. See, but I, I don't like this argument because I feel like it's a very um, sort of conservative argument and God knows I don't like conservatives. I think, no, 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 but In politically speaking... It's a way of saying that the public are not smart enough to make these decisions and sometimes it's true that if, if decisions are very technical, they can't make them because they're not prepared for it. But, but this is a very technical decision. Yeah, but it's also a fundamental one. No, it's not. I disagree completely. I think the EU, the one thing... <clears throat> the the main thing about the EU is it's not everyone views it as a political entity, as a legal entity, as like a cultural entity. It's none of those things. It's, it's purely economic, and that's why it's so amazing, and that's why it's brought such wealth. See, I disagree and happiness. with that. I don't think it's purely economic. The eco- it started out purely. That's economic, how it started out, but and it's it, not the what main it is now. the main benefit of it now is purely economic, the free movement of trade and goods. That's why it's so prosperous for everybody involved, and that's why it's dragged Eastern Europe out of fucking abject poverty in less than 25 years. But the EU has um, been trying to, in the in the past decades, to promote a European identity that goes beyond of course, simply but that's, economic benefits. But, but, but that's more to, like, safeguard this project. But you also have environmental regulations or, or um, decisions made by the European Court of Justice, I yeah. think, yeah, that um, affect all of the European uh, Union countries and are not necessarily related to economics. Or economic benefits. Not, not necessarily, but I think the fundamental Okay, base we can of it say that the always, main idea of it, yeah. Either okay. way, regardless, my point was that, um, that this is something which is so technical mm-hmm. and the average voter cannot understand it. It's like, it's, I've been studying it on European studies for like, you know, three years on and off. It's so fucking complex. Yeah, you can't no, hope to understand what this thing does and what it's about as an average voter. So it should never go to the public. The only reason it went to the public ever was because David Cameron knew that his voting base was being undermined by UKIP Mm -hmm. and that he would keep so many of those voters, hundreds of thousands of people, if he promised promised the referendum. That's the only reason. It wasn't because he believed in it, because he thought it was a good idea. Nobody thought it was a good idea. He just did it because he was like, okay, this is how the Tories will retain power. Everything else is bullshit. This was not something which was a big debate in modern politics. It wasn't something which loads people felt strongly about. But then the fact is it goes to it goes to a referendum. And then everybody just has no fucking clue what's going on. And both campaigns were fucked. The Remain campaign wasn't strong enough because Labour wasn't doing it properly. The Leave campaign was telling lies. So all of that is undemocratic. And then my also my version of democracy isn't what a referendum espouses. My version of democracy is representative, is that you let politicians who you elect make decisions for you. I don't think we're at a level yet of intelligence as as a global society to say that, okay, we can all have an equal voice in this. Okay, but now regardless of whether um, the referendum was legitimate in the first, um, the first time or not, now that you're faced with the possibility of a second referendum, don't you think that now really is it is the only way to overturn this decision because the people have already spoken in a way, right? I see what you mean to an extent, but we firstly have to maintain the fact that this was never something which should have been voted on. Mm-hmm. And to say to people that this is something which we now can still vote on, that isn't. there's going to be all these people who support Leave, yeah, and they're just going to be just as pissed off if Remain wins and then Leave loses. They'll be like, well, why the fuck did we have a second one? Then we need to have a third one. Yeah. The question won't yeah, die. Okay. The question will only die Is there if you a way say to, to people, not have a Brexit without another referendum? Um, yeah, of course. Really? If the, if the, if the 
party in power just says revoke Article 50. Okay. If All Labour right. got into, but this is the thing which is. That's why, is that why Labour wants new elections? Labour wants new elections because they, the Tories have just lost lost like twenty five members. Yeah, so they're in a weak position. They're in a weak position, and they've they've been wanting elections for over a year now. So if there were elections, which I don't think is going to happen. I think it will happen. You think it will happen? Yeah. Why? After Boris asks for the deadline extension. So you're already assuming that Boris to. is going to ask for a deadline extension. I think he has. To. Well, the alternatives Any, are pretty else, rough, like, right? Can, like the alternative is not might, obeying, which he is might not, go to jail. Yeah, so, so that's not a good idea. And also resigning, which I don't think he's going to do. Yeah. So he, he his best bet will be to go to, to a go, new election. To go to an election. That is the only real course of action for his government. If there is a new election, do you think Labour has chances of winning? This is the thing now, which I just occurred to me, actually, which is very scary, is um, I think the Lib Dems policy now, so they've adopted a stop Brexit policy. Mm -hmm. They're saying, we're just not going to do this. This is nonsense. Also, the thing is, is it's very disingenuous to put a second referendum to the people is because Labour have said point blank, they're never going to do a no deal. So that's not an option. And they've also said that we're going to do a second referendum, but they're going to say, okay, we're pro-Remain, but we're putting it to you guys again, you know, make up your mind, you know, tell us, you know, what do you want? But imagine for a second, yeah, that leave wins. Yeah. Then what? Because a no deal can't happen. So then it has to be a deal. So we're back at where we... Back at square one. Yeah. But as we've seen, a deal can't happen because the EU have given us the best deal we're ever going to get and Parliament have said by a very clear majority time and time again, we don't fucking want that deal. So a leave, it's just not possible. The only way it's possible is no deal. So actually, what this okay. election should be, it needs to be a choice between remain... And no deal. And that is why I'm really fucking pissed off at Corbyn. It's because he's splitting the Remain vote. He's splitting this vote because the Lib Dem policy right now, I support that because that's a smart thing to do. Saying we're going to have a second referendum, it's just fucking disingenuous. You're just trying to say to people, like, you're trying to get all of those Leave voters back on board. What, do you think to... that might also be a smart strategy? <sighs> No, because it's disingenuous. I, 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 it's, it's so wrong. You have to say to people, like, you have to be strong. You have to actually say what you believe in. I guess All what, of this, what, what like, you're getting at is that it undermines his remain position if he's, if he's willing to, again, put the question it. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, if you really believed in this, man, if you really cared about staying in the EU, you wouldn't do this. But what you clearly really care about is getting power back. But now the, That's issue, what he cares the about. issue now is that if there are new elections, you have, what, what's her name? Joe Swinson, right? That, Joe Swinson, yeah. yeah. Um, Joe Swanson's the guy from Family Guy. Yeah. <laughs> not him. That is true. I'd um, Yeah, so basically she's made her party a one-issue party, right? And right now it's all about Brexit. Every party's a one-issue party. And the there's, yeah, well, mostly, yeah, that's true. Um, and there's the possibility that she will take a big portion of voters from Labour who want to remain. Exactly, yeah. Meaning that the vote in the, let's, let's say in the left is... Um, split. Is split. That is what I just, what just occurred to me and that's what's scary is that, like, that could actually lead the Tories to still having a majority. And I, I'm saying this because this is exactly what's happening in Spain as well. Now that you have two left-wing parties that are a big alternative... The vote was completely split between them and they cannot make an agreement because they have differences that they cannot reconcile. Um, and this is how we might end up having another right-wing government if there are new elections. Yeah. So that might happen um, in the UK as well. Mm. Scary times, but obviously live them all the way because second referendum doesn't make any fucking sense. But can Lib Dem get enough support to actually be no. the leading party? No, I don't think can't. that's ever going to happen. But they can really. When have the the Lib Dems ever got like a big result, a good result? Um, in two thousand and ten, when they really they won like seventy seats. Out of. Out of five hundred and eighty or something, oh, okay. six hundred, uh, which is quite a lot. Still not enough though. It's, yeah, but it's it was enough to form a coalition with hmm. the Tories. Right. Which then led us to where we. We are now. So maybe the Lib Dems, they started all this fucking nonsense in 2010 by giving Cameron control. To be honest, maybe everyone, now, everyone right now back. has a little bit of blame. Oh, you yeah. Know? Uh, Cameron for starting this. Except for the uh, Green Party. Yeah, I guess. They're fucking angels, those guys. Mm. Yeah, it's tricky. 
Anyway, that's enough politics talk. It's time to move on to everyone's favorite portion of the show. It's, of course, Team One. Triple Threat. Ten seconds. Ten seconds. Top three! That was a bit scary. Yeah, always is. Team One, of course, is not here. He's in Vietnam. Probably getting some kind of Oriental STD. I hope not. Of a prostitute. You cannot say Oriental. Yeah, why is that? Because it's not appropriate. You can say Eastern. I suppose you're supposed to say Asian. But not Oriental. Whatever whatever you say, you don't say Oriental. Apparently you can't say midget. Really? Yeah, yeah it's been yeah, something yes. yesterday. You can't yeah. say midget. Say little person. Little person. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hey, I was, I was thinking, I was thinking Dutch, say little person. in Dutch, you say Kleinche. Kleinche? Hey, Kleinche. So like small. Right, little, little small. <laughs> little, little small. Biggie, little, <laughs> biggie smiles. <laughs> little. <laughs> okay, so we have, we have the wheel of um, top three topics here. And of course, we're going to spin it. We've added some new topics onto the thing. Would you care to do the honors, Colotta? Yeah, sure. Okay, go ahead. Oh, spinning. Oh. Keep spinning. It's going. It's a big spin. Hasn't stopped yet. And, oh, oh, slender. Types of clothing. Nice one. Yeah, So, of course, we're discussing now the, um, the most important, or just the best types of clothing. And this is the top three. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going right. to get it started off. Number one, shoes. Okay, I agree with that. Has to be shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually, shoes are... And I think we can't say stuff like jumpsuit, because then that's like shoes, shirt, trousers, <laughs> all in one. That's just not fair. No, but see, shoes... If, so, for example, if you're wearing all black, yeah, and nothing particularly special, if you're wearing all black and you're wearing really amazing shoes, that's a great look. Yeah, true. You know, it's all about the shoes. No one needs to look ever, anywhere else other than your, your feet. Mm. And you can have a complete look just with your shoes. That's interesting. Shoes I never have nice shoes, though. I have a few. Yeah. yeah. The ones you're wearing quite, or now are quite nice. Yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. They're nice. They're like beige. Yeah, but Very I have fancy. like basically three pairs of shoes that are nice. And I never wear them because I'm always too scared that I'm going to ruin them. Yeah, yeah, I've got some Lecoq Sportif ones. I don't know what that Brown is. Brown ones. They're really nice. Yeah. I got them in the market and there was one pair of shoes and they fit me. And I was like, bang. <laughs> Taking you boys home. 15 euros. Boom. Um, okay, I'm going to say shoes, number one. Uh, you agree with that? I'm going to say um, jackets. Jackets. Jackets are the most important thing ever. And you can have so many different ones. You know, uh, jean jackets, right? Denim jackets. So you can combine that with literally anything. Leather mm. jackets, that's the most amazing item of clothing you can ever own. And also, like, uh, leather jackets are so versatile as well. You can have brown ones, you can have black ones, you can have, uh, how do you call those things that you put on it? Like cool. pins, but not really pins. Badges. Those sort of things, you know? So you can decorate them. Mm. Yeah, jackets are yeah. Jackets are sick. I was I think I'd say jackets. I think jackets would be my third. So if like if I have to go out into the world with only three items of clothing, be shoes, and then like a really nice pair of trousers. Because the good thing about trousers, yeah, you don't need underwear. Just trousers, boom. Because that's underwear as well. Underwear is if you fancy, you know. And then like a fucking huge jacket. You know, like I've got that. I've got that. Can't even go shirtless. Exactly. So then, then actually, you can survive in a lot of different climates and conditions just in that outfit. Yeah, you take off your jacket when it's hot. You put it on when it's cold. Exactly. Yeah, maybe. But uh, to be fair, I don't think. Um, yeah, well, you know, I don't think I don't think trousers are that important. And trousers. Nah, I mean, you can you can get by just having a generic pair of black trousers that you can combine with everything. Mm. Then you need. For a, for a special item of clothing, you need something that's a bit more special. I would say glasses. Glasses? Glasses are the best. You can literally but, turn into a different person. But you've got eyesight problems. That's quite a different But you don't, they, don't have, they don't have to be... It's a different way of looking at it. It can, it can, it can, it can be sunglasses. <laughs> you've got eye problems as well. I'm colorblind. Yeah. That's very different. Yeah, you can fix that with glasses, but... Uh, can you? No, no, you can't. No, you can't. No. But you just, sunglasses... You just talk about it a lot. 
they they depending on what kind of sunglasses you're wearing, you look like a completely different person. You know, mm. sunglasses can capture a whole mood. That's true. I'm very passionate about this. I'm telling you, sunglasses. Sunglasses are, are very important. I also like I do have some eyesight problems, so I went to the opticians about a year ago now, and uh, I was in London. I hadn't been for fucking ages, and I did the whole. Is yeah, it better? Nothing. This one or that one? Did that? <laughs> it's better I, now? I was, it's I better like, now? Is it, is it worse? Left side? Does it work? Right side. Left A little side, bit more? Right side. And I was just like, I don't fucking know, but I did the whole thing. And I was like, okay. And the results came back. And she was like, oh yeah, you've got like a plus one in one eyesight or plus two. Like very minor shit. And she, I was like, oh, is there any glass? She's like, no, you're fine, you're fine. Maybe when you're older, like you're 50 or something, you might need them. But I was like, okay, sweet. And she was like, oh yeah, you have um early onset cataracts as well. Shit. And I was like, what the fuck is that? Like, you know, you, you've heard that cataracts. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it is. My grandma has that. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, but I don't actually oh, know that's, what where, um, that's where the, the lens in your eyes gets foggy. Was, that's terrible. Oh my God. I don't want that. I don't want foggy, foggy eyes. No, you don't. No. no. But Definitely she was also like, okay, well, so if you get it, you can get a simple operation to get it. Actually, fixed. that's true. Yeah, you can get an operation. Yeah. But I said, like, what can I do to help the situation now? So it's about what I'm older. She's like, oh, just wear sunglasses all the time. Sunglasses? And I was like, sick. I can do that. No problemo. <laughs> yeah. That's the best prescription ever. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Definitely. So he's like, take him off when you're like... When you're good. at a party and you're wearing glasses. Yeah, like, when, I'm, when, when, I'm glasses, when I'm at the like, rave, I'm like... I've got cataracts. Fucking eyesight problems, bro. Leave me alone. <laughs> but yeah, that was... um. That's our top three. What would you say? So glasses, sunglasses. Glasses, jackets, and shoes. I'm saying shoes, trousers, jeans, jacket, shirt. <laughs> Call me jeans, jacket, shirt, man. <laughs> but right. yeah, this has been Getting Sixes. We look forward to talking to you guys again next week. Hope you enjoyed it. In a bit. <laughs>